Act One of Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. Act One, Scene One, Rome, a street. Enter Flavius, Marullus, and certain commoners. Hence! Home, you idle creatures, get you home. Is this a holiday? What? Know you not, being mechanical, you ought not walk upon a laboring day without the sign of your profession? Speak! What trade art thou? Why, sir, a carpenter. Where is thy leather apron and thy rule? What dost thou with thy best apparel on? You, sir, what trade are you? Truly, sir, in respect of a fine workman, I am but, as he would say, a cobbler. But what trade art thou? Answer me directly. A trade, sir, that I hope I may use with a safe conscience, which is indeed, sir, a mender of bad souls. What trade, thou knave, thou naughty knave, what trade? Nay, I beseech you, sir, be not out with me, yet if you be out, sir, I can mend you. What meanst thou by that? Mend me, thou saucy fellow? Why, sir, cobble you. Thou art a cobbler, art thou? Truly, sir, all that I live by is with the all. I meddle with no tradesmen's matters, no women's matters, but with all. I am indeed, sir, a surgeon to old shoes. When they are in great danger, I recover them. As proper men as ever trod upon needs leather have gone upon my handiwork. But wherefore art not in thy shop to-day? Why dost thou lead these men about the streets? Truly, sir, to wear out their shoes, to get myself into more work. But indeed, sir, we make holiday to see Caesar and to rejoice in his triumph. Wherefore rejoice? What conquest brings he home? What tributaries follow him to Rome to grace in captive bonds his chariot wheels? You blocks, you stones, you worse than senseless things! Oh, you hard hearts, you cruel men of Rome, knew you not Pompey? Many a time and oft have you climbed up to walls and battlements, to towers and windows, yea, to chimney-tops, your infants in your arms, and there have sat the live-long day, with patient expectation to see great Pompey pass the streets of Rome. And when you saw his chariot but appear, have you not made an universal shout that Tiber trembled underneath her banks to hear the replication of your sounds made in her concave shores? And do you now put on your best attire? And do you now cull out a holiday? And do you now strew flowers in his way that comes in triumph over Pompey's blood? Be gone! Run to your houses, fall upon your knees, pray to the gods to intermit the plague that needs must light on this ingratitude. Go, go, good countrymen, and for this fault assemble all the poor men of your sort. Draw them to Tiber banks and weep your tears into the channel till the lowest stream do kiss the most exalted shores of all. Exeunt all the commoners. See whether their basest metal be not moved. They vanish tongue-tied in their guiltiness. Go you down that way towards the capital. This way will I disrobe the images, if you do find them decked with ceremonies. May we do so? You know it is the feast of Lupercal. It is no matter. Let no images be hung with Caesar's trophies. I'll about, and drive away the vulgar from the streets. 
so do you too where you perceive them thick these growing feathers plucked from caesar's wing will make him fly an ordinary pitch who else would soar above the view of men and keep us all in servile fearfulness exeunt scene two a public place flourish enter caesar antony for the course calpurnia portia decius brutus cicero brutus cassius and casca a great crowd following among them a soothsayer calpurnia peace ho caesar speaks calpurnia here my lord stand you directly in antonius's way when he doth run his course antonius caesar my lord forget not in your speed antonius to touch calpurnia for our elders say the baron touched in this holy chase shake off their sterile curse i shall remember when caesar says do this it is performed set on and leave no ceremony out flourish caesar ha who calls bid every noise be still peace yet again who is it in the press that calls on me i hear a tongue shriller than all the music cry caesar speak caesar is turned to hear beware the ides of march what man is that a soothsayer bids you beware the ides of march set him before me let me see his face fellow come from the throng look upon caesar what sayest thou to me now speak once again beware the ides of march he is a dreamer let us leave him pass senate exeunt all except brutus and cassius will you go see the order of the course not i i pray you do i am not gamesome i do lack some part of that quick spirit that is in anthony let me not hinder cassius your desires i'll leave you brutus i do observe you now of late i have not from your eyes that gentleness and show of love as i was wont to have you bear too stubborn and too strange a hand over your friend that loves you cassius be not deceived if i have veiled my look i turn the trouble of my countenance merely upon myself vexed i am of late with passions of some difference conceptions only proper to myself which gives some soil perhaps to my behaviours but let not therefore my good friends be grieved among which number cassius be you one nor construe any further my neglect than that poor brutus with himself at war forgets the shows of love to other men then brutus i have much mistook your passion by means whereof this breast of mine hath buried thoughts of great value worthy cogitations tell me good brutus can you see your face no cassius for the eye sees not itself but by reflection by some other things tis just and it is very much lamented brutus that you have no such mirrors as will turn your hidden worthiness into your eye that you might see your shadow i have heard were many of the best respect in rome except immortal caesar speaking of brutus and groaning underneath this age's yoke have wished that noble brutus had his eyes into what dangers would you lead me cassius 
that you would have me seek into myself for that which is not in me therefore good brutus be prepared to hear and since you know you cannot see yourself so well as by reflection i your glass will modestly discover to yourself that of yourself which you yet know not of and be not jealous on me gentle brutus were i a common laugher or did use to stale with ordinary oaths my love to every new protester if you know that i do fawn on men and hug them hard and after scandal them or if you know that i profess myself in banqueting to all the rout then hold me dangerous flourish and shout what means all this shouting i do fear the people choose caesar for their king i do you fear it then must i think you would not have it so i would not cassius yet i love him well but wherefore do you hold me here so long what is it that you would impart to me if it be aught toward the general good set honour in one eye and death in the other and i will look on both indifferently for let the gods so speed me as i love the name of honour more than i fear death i know that virtue to be in you brutus as well as i do know your outward favour well honour is the subject of my story i cannot tell what you and other men think of this life but for my single self i had as life not be as lived to be in all of such a thing as i myself i was born free as caesar so were you we both have fed as well and we can both endure the winter's cold as well as he for once upon a raw and gusty day the troubled tiber shaving at her shores caesar said to me darest thou cassius now leap in with me into this angry flood and swim to yonder point upon the word accoutred as i was i plunged in and bade him follow so indeed he did the torrent roared and we did buffet it with lusty sinews throwing it aside and stemming it with hearts of controversy but ere we could arrive the point proposed caesar cried help me cassius or i sink i as aeneas our great ancestor did from the flames of troy upon his shoulder the old anchises bear so from the waves of tiber did i the tired caesar and this man is now become a god and cassius is a wretched creature and must bend his body if caesar carelessly but nod on him he had a fever when he was in spain and when the fit was on him i did mark how he did shake tis true this god did shake his coward lips did from their colour fly and that same eye whose bend doth all the world did lose his lustre i did hear him groan ay and that tongue of his bade the romans mark him and write his speeches in their books alas it cried give me some drink to tinius as a sick girl ye gods it doth amaze me a man of such a feeble temper should so get the start of the majestic world and bear the palm alone shout flourish another general shout i do believe that these applauses are for some new honours that are heaped on caesar why man doth he bestride the narrow world like a colossus and we petty men walk under his huge legs and peep about to find ourselves dishonourable graves men at some time are masters of their fates the fault dear brutus is not in our stars but in ourselves that we are underlings brutus and caesar's what should be in that caesar why should that name be sounded more than yours write them together yours is as fair a name sound them it doth become the mouth as well 
Weigh them. It is as heavy. Conjure with them. Brutus will start a spirit as soon as Caesar. Now, in the names of all the gods at once, upon what meat doth this our Caesar feed that he has grown so great? Age thou art shamed. Rome, thou hast lost the breed of noble bloods. When went there by an age since the great flood, but it was famed with more than one man? When could they say till now that talked of Rome, that her wide walls encompassed but one man? Now is it Rome indeed and room enough when there is in it but one only man? Oh, you and I have heard our fathers say there was a Brutus once that would have brooked the eternal devil to keep his state in Rome as easily as a king. That you do love me, I am nothing jealous. What you would work with me, I have some aim. How I have thought of this and of these times, I shall recount hereafter. For this present I would not, so with love I might entreat you, be any further moved. What you have said, I will consider. What you have to say, I will with patience hear, and find a time both meet to hear and answer such high things. Till then, my noble friend, chew upon this. Brutus had rather be a villager than to repute himself a son of Rome under these hard conditions, as this time is like to lay upon us. I am glad that my weak words have struck but this much show of fire from Brutus. The games are done, and Caesar is returning. As they pass by, pluck Casca by the sleeve, and he will, after his sour fashion, tell you what hath proceeded worthy note to-day. Re-enter Caesar and his train. I will do so. But look you, Cassius, the angry spot doth glow on Caesar's brow, and all the rest look like a chidden train. Calpurnia's cheek is pale, and Cicero looks with such ferret and such fiery eyes as we have seen him in the capital, being crossed in conference by some senators. Casca will tell us what the matter is. Antonius, Caesar, let me have men about me that are fat, sleek-headed men, and such as sleep, O knights. Yon Cassius has a lean and hungry look, he thinks too much. Such men are dangerous. Fear him not, Caesar, he's not dangerous. He is a noble Roman, and well given. Would he were fatter, but I fear him not. Yet if my name were liable to fear, I do not know the man I should avoid so soon as that spare Cassius. He reads much. He is a great observer, and he looks quite through the deeds of men. He loves no plays, as thou dost, Antony. He hears no music, seldom he smiles, and smiles in such a sort as if he mocked himself and scorned his spirit that could be moved to smile at anything. Such men as he be never at heart's ease, whilst they behold a greater than themselves, and therefore are they very dangerous. I rather tell thee what is to be feared than what I fear, for always I am Caesar. Come on my right hand, for this ear is deaf, and tell me truly what thou thinkst of him. Senate. Exeunt Caesar and all his train, but Casca. You pulled me by the cloak, would you speak with me? Ay, Casca, tell us what hath chanced to-day, that Caesar looks so sad. Why, you were with him, were you not? I should not then ask Casca what had chanced. Why, there was a crown offered him. 
and being offered him he put it by with the back of his hand thus and then the people fell a-shouting what was the second noise for why for that too they shouted thrice what was the last cry for why for that too was the crown offered him thrice ay mary wast and he put it by thrice every time gentler than other and at every putting by mine honest neighbours shouted who offered him the crown why antony tell us the manner of it gentle casca i can as well be hanged as tell the manner of it it was mere foolery i did not mark it i saw mark antony offer him a crown yet twas not a crown neither twas one of these coronets and as i told you he put it by once but for all that to my thinking he would fain have had it then he offered it to him again then he put it by again but to my thinking he was very loath to lay his fingers off it and then he offered it the third time he put it the third time by and still as he refused it the rabblement hooted and clapped their chapped hands and threw up their sweaty nightcaps and uttered such a deal of stinking breath because caesar refused the crown that it had almost choked caesar for he swooned and fell down at it and for mine own part i durst not laugh for fear of opening my lips and receiving the bad air but soft i pray what did caesar swooned he fell down in the market-place and foamed at mouth and was speechless tis very like he hath the falling sickness no caesar hath it not but you and i and honest casca we have the falling sickness i know not what you mean by that but i am sure caesar fell down if the tag-rag people did not clap him and hiss him according as he pleased and displeased them as they used to do the players in the theatre i am no true man what said he when he came unto himself mary before he fell down when he perceived the common herd was glad he refused the crown he plucked me ope his doublet and offered them his throat to cut and i had been a man of any occupation if i would not have taken him at a word i would i might go to hell among the rogues and so he fell when he came to himself again he said if he had done or said anything amiss he desired their worships to think it was his infirmity three or four wenches where i stood cried alas good soul and forgave him with all their hearts but there's no heed to be taken of them if caesar had stabbed their mothers they would have done no less and after that he came thus sad away ay did cicero say anything ay he spoke greek to what effect nan i tell you that i'll ne'er look you in the face again but those that understood him smiled at one another and shook their heads but for mine own part it was greek to me i could tell you more news too marullus and flavius for pulling scarfs off caesar's images are put to silence 
fare you well there was more foolery yet if i could remember it will you sup with me to-night casca no i'm promised forth will you dine with me to-morrow ay if i be alive and your mind hold and your dinner worth the eating good i will expect you do so farewell both exit what a blunt fellow is this grown to be he was quick metal when he went to school so is he now in execution of any bold and noble enterprise however he puts on this tardy form this rudeness is a sauce to his good wit which gives men's stomach to digest his words with better appetite and so it is for this time i will leave you to-morrow if you please to speak with me i will come home to you or if you will come home to me and i will wait for you i will do so till then think of the world exit brutus well brutus thou art noble yet i see thy honourable metal may be wrought from that it is disposed therefore it is a meat that noble minds keep ever with their likes for who so firm that cannot be seduced caesar doth bear me hard but he loves brutus if i were brutus now and he were cassius he should not humour me i will this night in several hands in at his windows throw as if they came from several citizens writings all tending to the great opinion that rome holds of his name wherein obscurely caesar's ambition shall be glanced at and after this let caesar seat him sure for we will shake him or worse days endure exit scene three the same a street thunder and lightning enter from opposite sides casca with his sword drawn and cicero good even casca brought you caesar home why are you breathless and why stare you so are you not moved when all the sway of earth shakes like a thing unfirm oh cicero i have seen tempests when the scolding winds have rived the knotty oaks and i have seen the ambitious ocean swell and rage and foam to be exalted with the threatening clouds but never till to-night never till now did i go through a tempest dropping fire either there is a civil strife in heaven or else the world too saucy with the gods incenses them to send destruction why saw you anything more wonderful a common slave you, you know him well by sight held up his left hand which did flame and burn like twenty torches joined and yet his hand not sensible of fire remained unscorched besides i have not since put up my sword against the capital i met a lion who glared upon me and went surly by without annoying me and there were drawn upon a heap a hundred ghastly women transformed with their fear who swore they saw men all in fire walk up and down the streets and yesterday the bird of night did sit even at noonday upon the market-place hooting and shrieking when these prodigies do so conjointly meet let not men say these are their reasons they are natural for i believe they are portentous things unto the climate that they point upon indeed it is a strange disposed time but men may construe things after their fashion clean from the purpose of the things themselves 
Come Caesar to the capital tomorrow? He doth, for he did bid Antonius send word to you he would be there tomorrow. Good night then, Casca. This disturbed sky is not to walk in. Farewell, Cicero. Exit Cicero. Enter Cassius. Who is there? A Roman. Casca by your voice. Your ear is good. Cassius, what night is this? A very pleasing night to honest men. Who ever knew the heavens menace so? Those that have known the earth so full of faults. For my part, I have walked about the streets, submitting me unto the perilous night, and, thus unbraced, Casca, as you see, have bared my bosom to the thunderstone. And when the cross-blue lightning seemed to open the breast of heaven, I did present myself, even in the aim and very flash of it. But wherefore did you so much tempt the heavens? It is the part of men to fear and tremble when the most mighty gods by tokens send such dreadful heralds to astonish us. You are dull, Casca, and those sparks of life that should be in a Roman you do want, or else you use not. You look pale and gaze and put on fear and cast yourself in wonder to see the strange impatience of the heavens. But if you would consider the true cause, why all these fires, why all these gliding ghosts, why birds and beasts from quality and kind, why old men fool and children calculate, why all these things change from their ordinance, their natures and performed faculties, to monstrous quality? Why, you shall find that heaven hath infused them with these spirits, to make them instruments of fear and warning unto some monstrous state. Now could I, Casca, name to thee a man, most like this dreadful night, that thunders, lightens, opens graves and roars, as doth the lion in the capital, a man no mightier than thyself or me, in personal action, yet prodigious grown and fearful, as these strange eruptions are. Tis Caesar that you mean, is it not, Cassius? Let it be who it is. For Romans now have thews and limbs like to their ancestors. But woe the while, our fathers' minds are dead, and we are governed with our mother's spirits. Our yoke and sufferance show us womanish. Indeed, they say the senators tomorrow mean to establish Caesar as a king and he shall wear his crown by sea and land in every place save here in italy i know where i will wear this dagger then cassius from bondage will deliver cassius therein ye gods you make the weak most strong therein ye gods you tyrants do defeat nor stony tower nor walls of beaten brass nor airless dungeon nor strong links of iron can be retentive to the strength of spirit but life being weary of these worldly bars, never lacks power to dismiss itself. If I know this, know all the world besides. That part of tyranny that I do bear, I can shake off at pleasure. Thunder still. So can I. So every bondman in his own hand bears the power to cancel his captivity. And why should Caesar be a tyrant then? Poor man. I know he would not be a wolf, but that he sees the Romans are but sheep. He were no lion, were not Romans' hinds. Those that with haste will make a mighty fire begin it with weak straws. What trash is Rome! What rubbish, and what awful! When it serves for base matter to illuminate so vile a thing as Caesar. But, O oh grief, where hast thou led me? I perhaps speak this before a willing bondman then I know my answer must be made. 
but I am armed, and dangers are to me indifferent. You speak to Casca, and to such a man that is no fleering tell-tale. Hold my hand. Be factious for redress of all these griefs, and I will set this foot of mine as far as who goes farthest. There's a bargain made. Now know you, Casca, I have moved already some certain of the noblest-minded Romans to undergo with me an enterprise of honourable dangerous consequence, and I do know by this they stay for me in Pompey's porch, for now this fearful night there is no stir or walking in the streets, and the complexion of the element in favours like the work we have in hand most bloody, fiery, and most terrible. Stand close a while, for here comes one in haste. Tis Sinna. I do know him by his gait. He is a friend. Enter Sinna. Sinna, where haste you so? To find out you. Who is that? Metellusimbo? No, it is Casca. One incorporate to our attempts. Am I not stayed for, Sinna? I am glad on it. What a fearful night is this. There's two or three of us have seen strange sights. Am I not stayed for? Tell me. Yes, you are. O oh, Cassius, if you could but win the noble Brutus to our party. Be you content. Good sinner, take this paper, and look you lay it in the praetor's chair where Brutus may but find it, and throw this in at his window. Set this up with wax upon old Brutus's statue. All this done, repair to Pompey's porch where you shall find us. Is Decius Brutus and Trebonius there? All but Metellus Symbol, and he's gone to seek you at your house. Well, I will hie, and so bestow these papers as you bade me. That done, repair to Pompey's theatre. Exit, Cinna. Come, Casca, you and I will yet ere day see Brutus is his house. Three parts of him is ours already, and the man entire, upon the next encounter, yields him ours. Oh, he sits high in all the people's hearts, and that which would appear offence in us, his countenance, like richest alchemy, will change to virtue and to worthiness. Him and his worth, and our great need of him, you have right well conceited. Let us go, for it is after midnight, and ere day we will awake him and be sure of him. Exeunt. End of Act One